good morning, everyone. Stand this morning as we open and worship. Sing this song with us, joyful, joyful. We adore you. Sing along. Joyful, joyful, we adore you. God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before you, opening to the sun above. You guys are sounding good this morning. Sing it out. Let's sing that again. Joyful, joyful, we adore you. Joyful, joyful, we adore you. God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts unfold like flowers before you, opening to the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, drive the dark of doubt away. Joyful, joyful, we adore you.
Amen, amen. Good morning, everybody. I hope that you are joyful. My name's Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad that you've joined us this morning for our worship gathering. Psalm 40 says this, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and put their fear in the Lord. And in this time of Advent, we hope that people are being able to sing new songs. Um, maybe that song that you just sang was new to you, but that it would be these new songs of God's promise of his coming, and that's a special place for Christ followers, and that if you're a Christ follower, he holds a special place in your life. And so we hope that as a church, we get a chance to proclaim that. And I want to thank you uh, for just praying for Daniel and I as we went out to Rogersville, Tennessee, and had a wonderful time. We will be reporting a little bit of that, giving you some pictures and some stories. But thank you for praying for us while we were away serving those in Hawkins County out in Rogersville and Morristown and Sneeville and all that wonderful, beautiful part of our state. So grateful for that. Well, if you're standing with us, would you do me a favor? would you just say hello to a few people and just say welcome to Sunset Hills. was born. 
blessed Christmas morn. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Sing it one more time this morning. Go tell it on the mountain.
Father God, we sing that song this morning. God, is just as a prayer. God, that last verse says, be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask thee, we pray. Lord, your word says that when we draw close to you, that you'll draw close to us. So God, this morning, with our hearts, our minds, and our lives, God, we're just best way that we can, drawing close to you, God, and we are grateful that we can feel your presence here this morning. We're so grateful for the Christmas story and, and what it means to us. God, it's not just a, a beautiful narrative, but God, it's, it's our hope in this world. It's our hope for eternity. So Lord, today, I, I just pray that if there's one that maybe has thought about Christmas with the gifts and the trees and, and the carols. But Lord, never has said yes to you as, as their savior. That Lord, today could be their day. That Christmas could be so personal that they would ask you in the form of your son, Jesus, into their heart to save them. That would just be such a great Christmas gift this year. We love you, Lord, and it's in your son's name that we pray this morning. Amen. You may be seated. And in the same region, the shepherds were in the fields. They were keeping their watch over the flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. I reckon I've seen my share of lambs being born. And it's special every time, but, but this? I mean, that, that big old angel telling us to go find the newborn Messiah? I reckon uh, I've never held a newborn. No, no, people, people don't let, uh, like how us shepherds smell. I don't blame them. Sheeping ain't a clean business. I just, I can't hardly believe this is happening. I gotta, I gotta get a grip. I gotta, I gotta share the news. That's what I gotta do. I gotta share the news. I gotta tell people. I gotta let him know. But who's gonna listen to me? It's not like I got much of a reputation to speak of. I mean, people hardly look twice my way. And I'm gonna talk about an angel sighting and the Messiah? Hold on. I know. Maybe I should get my manners on and remember that proper way to talk that my mama used to ramble on about when I was a kid. That's it. I can, I can clean up a little bit. Let me get the dirt from out underneath my nails and brush my... Who am I kidding? There ain't no hiding this man.
Maybe I ought to just stay here. I mean, who's going to look after all these sheep anyway? What am I supposed to do, just run off and leave them? That goes against every shepherding code ever written. Why did that angel choose me? There's a hundred people more important in this valley. It just, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. You know, maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe he wanted things turned on its head. I mean, you got a whole history of him doing that. Maybe, maybe it's not supposed to make sense. Maybe that's exactly what God wanted. I mean, that angel that came to talk to us tonight, I mean, we got ragamuffin in our blood. And it just, it just seems like this is the greatest news ever shared on God's green earth. He said, good news, good news, great joy to all people. A savior has been born in the city of Bethlehem. And you'll remember him by very specific signs. You'll find the child wrapped in cloth and lying in a, <laughs> and this is a real kicker, a manger, a Messiah in a feeding trough. I mean, we didn't have much growing up as a family, but at least we had two sticks to rub together. I mean, when I was a kid, I at least had a head to lay my, my, my bed down at night when I was a kid. I mean, I've been waiting my whole life for this Messiah. And it turns out that he's going to be more like me than I ever thought possible. You know, I think that angel was just a little off. This isn't good news. This is the best news ever. Come on, boys. Just wondering if there are any people here, any people here, who were born in unusual circumstances. I get the house lights back on up, and so I can see anybody is you were born in kind of un. I'm not talking about like how you deliver babies. I mean that's pretty common. Like, but is there anyone that was born in unusual situation, like? And I've read about moms who had their babies in unusual places, like restaurants. Uh, yeah, well, Daniel, they keep pointing at you. What's your story? You were born. Okay, that almost takes the cake. Come up here just a minute. Uh, I need a microphone, please. A microphone from someone. 
you, born in a, wait a minute, wait a minute, just because I want everybody to hear this. I was born in a construction site in Russia. Okay, well, the fact that you were born in Russia is a pretty amazing thing, okay? Uh, but how is it, do you know why you were born in a construction site? It was just according to my birth documents. It was, I was born in a construction site. Wait a minute, it was documented that you were born in a construction site? On, on your, like, show up on your birth certificate? On, on, like, my medical records from the hospital, it said I was born at a construction site, and I was brought to the hospital, and then sadly just left by my mom. Well, that's the sad part. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a really cool part of your story of how. You were, ah, man, you see, you got me crying. It's like, <laughs> we're going to start out fun about a construction site birth in which I've never heard of somebody being born. I mean, I was going to talk about being born in a, in a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there was a little boy that was born in a Chick-fil-A, and guess what happened? He got, they decided that they would give him food for the rest of his life. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Man. It'd be kind of cool to know about all the rest of why you were born in a construction site. No room in the I'm going to try to get through the rest of the sermon. <laughs> I mean, that's better than the Matthew that was born at Six Flags over Georgia. So that's an interesting kind of deal, right? I mean, he, Matthew got a Diamond Elite membership where he gets free entry to Six Flags for life. That's pretty cool. Like, none of our kids uh, <laughs> first compare anything to construction site. Thank goodness, I'm thankful for that. All of them were born pretty normally. Uh, I mean, that even tops the story. The best story that I have about a birth, hey, yours beats that, Daniel. Um, one of my favorite stories that, I, 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 when I do a funeral service, which I did this past week, and Arlene Tomlinson, just a sweet, sweet lady, uh, has her own unique story. Uh, uh, in, that I was able to tell at her funeral service. She lived in a house, probably the most unusual house in, in Nashville, Tennessee, in Davidson County, in that there was no record of Arlene and her husband's house ever being built, ever. Uh, the guy that built the house lived in a truck, not a pickup truck, a little bigger than a tr pickup truck, but it was one of those trucks that was, uh, it was chain-driven with a cog, you know, and and the guy, when he decided to build his house, he was living in his truck, and he just built the house around the truck, all around it. And so for all these years, that house is still standing in, under the floor. That house has a truck underneath it. That's where Arlene lived all of her life until she moved into a beautiful apartment over in Smyrna. But uh, there's another story that I love to tell that I discovered 
when uh, I was getting ready to do a funeral service for Mrs. J.O. Cook. Mrs. Cook, longtime member of our church, and her had a beautiful family, and Mr. Cook, I loved that man to death, and he was one of these quiet guys, just a wonderful guy, who when they were having their firstborn child, um, he was... Um, he had to be away, and he knew that there was a chance that he would have to be away at work, and he was really concerned about Mrs. Cook being at home while she was pregnant, and that maybe he wasn't going to be there when the time came for her to deliver. So he had worked it out with this really incredible pharmacist and well-known pharmacist in Woodbine through the years. There used to be a drugstore called Mayfield Drugs, and, and Jack Mayfield was the druggist, and, and everybody knew Jack. Jack was a, he was a, he was a jack of all trades to a degree and then did a lot of different things. And one of the things that, that, that Mr. Cook worked out with Jack Mayfield was, hey, if my wife is she's going to deliver a baby and I can't be there can she call you and check oh sure she can call me just let her well sure enough it had to happen that Mr. Cook wasn't home Mrs. Cook was ready to deliver, needed to go to the hospital. She calls Jack Mayfield up. Jack Mayfield runs right up the street from to where they live from his drugstore. They're on the way to the hospital, and as they're driving, Jack's car, in his car, the steering wheel comes off the steering column. <laughs> it's a true story. Jack doesn't miss a beat. He just kind of holds it in his hand, thinks about, what am I going to do? I got a lady who's going to deliver a baby in the back seat. I don't want to panic her anymore, or else I might have a baby in the back seat. He just kind of gently puts the steering wheel back on the steering column and drives on to the hospital as if nothing ever happened. And sure enough, the lady delivered her baby, and everything was great. I mean, that's what Daniel, where'd Daniel go? He just left. See, your story is better than Jack Mayfield's story. There you go. Thank you for sharing your story. We've been in a series where we've been looking at some real-life stories about people who were involved in that first Christmas, like our shepherd this morning. And Bobby Hamilton is never... I, where's Bobby? Is he, is he, he, he took off, too? Well, by the time I finish this sermon, I'm going to be preaching to an empty sanctuary. That's... Guess he had some sheep to go tend to. So, uh, the worst time I ever smelled Bobby, which was on several occasions after a basketball game, he wouldn't have any idea what to do with a sheep if somebody trusted him with it, you know. But certainly the shepherds were part of this unusual the probably the most unusual birth that anybody could ever tell a story about and this birth has all sorts of, of drama with it that creates this dilemma for those that were involved in the Christmas story and that's what we've been talking about first week we looked at Mary then we studied about Joseph and then last week this obscure um, innkeeper who really is not recorded in scripture at all and now today we're going to talk about shepherd, shepherds. Let's read, pick it up 
in Luke chapter 2, even though we know it, we know this almost verbatim, but it's always good to read Scripture and get a setting for what's happening in those days. A decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, another version says taxed, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called, say it, Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to a first son, firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because... Andrew, there you go. There was no room in the construction site or the inn. Nothing, nothing went planned the way it was supposed to be for Mary and Joseph and his birth. It wasn't just them. It was contrary to the plan that, that Israel had for the Messiah to come and deliver this child. And the way that Jesus came into this world, so contrary to the way that a king should have entered. For those who were raised in Israel and for the Jews, they were so familiar with the teachings of the first five books of the Old Testament and that there would be a promise of a deliverer. And surely, if there's going to be a deliverer who's going to come, he ought to look like, like a savior, a messiah ought to look. Someone like maybe Moses or David or... Someone who was going to be worthy of the prophecy of a deliverer. Maybe even a, a governor or a ruler or a king, a messiah to Israel. But this wasn't the way they had planned. Nothing like Mary and Joseph certainly had anticipated so if we're sitting around telling stories about the most unusual deliveries of babies, then this one about Jesus' birth really probably even beats Daniel's story. Unorthodox, to say the least. Which, I don't know about you, but I have discovered, and certainly throughout history, but in my own personal life, my interaction, my relationship with God, that there are times when God just seems to get a, a good laugh or a kick out of doing things that are unorthodox, that are different than what we had intended. And this certainly is a bizarre way for a baby, first of all, to enter into the world, let alone a king, to come in, this nativity scene and, and, and those like it in our homes and, 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 and everywhere, why they, they have made it everything but what it really was, even to the point of being sort of romantic. This modern scene doesn't come close 
to how cold and nasty and muddy and stinky of a place where Jesus would lay his head for sheep, cows, camels. Not a pretty sight. So we have this picture. And we've got the Christmas carols, and it's like, what an evening, the setting. And then all of a sudden, the scene changes. And Luke presents it like this. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Somewhere out away from the little town, somewhere out where it was cold and dark and all the things that go with the nighttime, outskirts of Bethlehem, there's a bunch of shepherds, nameless shepherds. And something incredible is about to happen. Now, I want you to just kind of picture yourself out there, maybe with a few other shepherds. And all of a sudden, God bursts through the sky, through angels, and he's about to tell them that God is coming to earth. The first people that God chooses angels to tell about are not priests, they're not people within the synagogue. They weren't the rulers of the nation of Israel. They were shepherds. Come on, God. You would think that God could have come up with a better, more profound way, more prominent group of people to share the news with. Maybe the future kings would be better, or, or, or maybe that he would choose, rather than using angels, which I think that's pretty impressive in and of itself, but it's to who the angels are, are speaking to that's the problem. Maybe he could have done this through a, a, a countrywide proclamation where angels were delivering the message to everyone. Maybe some kind of fancy birth, like a, like a modern-day king of England would receive the sharing the news of a future king with trumpet fanfare. But to mere shepherds, that's how God chose to do this in incredible act, choosing this little town of Bethlehem, the, the most blue-collar place you could imagine with a stepdad and, and a virgin, a teenage girl, a baby being born practically really within a cave with animals. And his next announcement of his rival is going to be to these despised shepherds out in the field. You know, the Apostle Paul came along and wrote about this, actually. Later on in 1 Corinthians, he said, Here's what God did. He chose the lowly things of this world and to despise things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are 
so that, watch this, so that no one may boast before him. You get a picture of what Paul is describing here? This was God doing his thing. No man could boast in this. This was the heavenly Father. It's because of him, it's because of him, he's speaking to us here, it's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. You get a picture of what's happening here? From the, these lowly things of the world, from this despised things, rises up the one who is able to give us, who are lowly and despised and ugly, incredible righteousness, holiness, becomes our redeem, redeemer. Therefore, as it is written, he goes on to say, let no one boast in the Lord. The shepherds, they certainly weren't boasting in their situation, in their dilemma that they found themselves in. They certainly weren't expecting to be the ones that should be the first people that, that would be shared with the news about the Savior coming. That, not them. I mean, they were, they were the living on the lowest rung of society's social and occupational ladder. Disrespected people. Let me just give you a little background about how disrespected they were. According to the religious system, shepherds were always rejected. It was neither a, a glamorous job or a, a job that was viewed in high regard by the sophisticated people of first century Jewish society. Being a shepherd was very low common, minimum wage type of jobs in the day. The old saying, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it, certainly would have applied to the shepherds of biblical times uh, who were day in and day in out, found themselves in blood, sweat, dirt, and dung that came from the territory. If there had been a dirty job show that Mike Rowe would have done, he would have been there checking them out. Religious leaders taught that shepherds weren't good enough for God. They could not be made right with God. Now think about that for a second. Under no circumstance, you're so lowly, you're so dirty, no way that you can be made right with God because of your filth. And they, their job kept them from performing any duty good enough for, that was required by the law. Shepherds, by definition, could not fulfill the ceremonial law. They, they couldn't come back to the temple, so they were declared this ceremonially unclean. They, and because of that, their, their status that was kind of thrust upon them, they always had this problem, this worry that was happening among them. We can never be good enough for God, and that caused them to live in fear for where they stood with God. It felt distant. As you can imagine, practically all they did was just hang out with sheep, mother shepherds. You know? You can imagine how unworthy they felt. Many of them were thieves. It's kind of sad, but even the ones that weren't thieves, they had a reputation of it. So they weren't trusted. 
In fact, they were so distrusted that a shepherd never even was allowed <clears throat> to go and give testimony in a court case because no one could trust them. And if they ever wanted to get married, I mean, come on. What future father-in-law would want to bless their daughter to someone like that? No. Someone so filthy and uneducated. No real hopes of a better future. They're just not accepted. I mean, we make it look awfully nice, but it wasn't all that way. These shepherds. So why? Why would God choose shepherds to announce the birth of his son? Does that question ever entered your mind? Why, what is it about these people that he would do this for? Could it be that God is sending a message that even in his ar arrival, that he accepts the despised and the cast down and the dirty and the left out? Better yet, he includes them who are left out. It's so evident throughout the Bible, really. Even in Luke 2, that the shepherd language is unavoidable. We see it throughout. It says that Joseph was in the line and the lineage of David. In Jewish history, David was probably, is probably the single most formidable figure in all of Israel's history. And many Jews believe that without David, there would be no Israel today. But remember what David was before he was a king. He was the shepherd. The Bible says he had a heart after God's own heart. A shepherd's heart, comparison, heart of compassion. And Joseph is related to this king David, who once was a shepherd. One thing you understand about shepherds is they don't have much, but what they do have, they protect. As mentioned, as God is compared, what, in the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, and all through that is a picture of protection, care. And that's what shepherds do with sheep. They protect their sheep all the time. Many nights were spent walking around the flock all night long in the elements and where there was no natural protection protecting the sheep. And, and this is how the Bible describes it. Shepherds were out in where? The field. They were in the open, keeping watch, protecting over their flock. So this is who the first announcement is made to, the shepherds protecting the flock. Could there be a message for us today that the baby born in this cave in Bethlehem was not a dictator like Augustus? He will not rule and reign for his own benefit, but he would like, be like David but better than David, a shepherd king, staying up all night. And we know 
if you follow maybe history, that sometimes the shepherd would die at the hand of predators, wolves, bears, similar to what David had to fight off. It's what Jesus does, is it not? Standing against the number one enemy that we have. Jesus says this. Now, just kind of put it in comparison to those things I've just said. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down, lays down his life for his sheep. Here's Jesus that will come to humanity, and we're all like sheep. And he's going to be our shepherd. And unlike the emperors of the day who lead and dictate and tax and gain whatever they can from the people, who will use their people and their fame and their wealth and their power, there's going to come a king that's going to do right the opposite. And he's going to surround his people and he's going to give life to his people. He's going to be a shepherd king who protects us. The message is clear that this shepherd king has come. It's going to be greater than David that they'd heard about. And then, all of a sudden, the scene changes again. Still the same place. But an incredible thing happens. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Oh, I just, you know, really, Kevin, I wish we had thought about it, man. I tell you, I, I, and, and, and Kelly, I, we, we, when I said that, I, I wish I could have just make this stage be flooded with incredible light, you know, just to give it. I mean, even if we could f flood it with a hundred times the light, to where it would be so bright up here, you'd be having to wear sunglasses to see me. I don't think it'd come close, anywhere close to that, what we see here. The glory of the Lord shone around them, so much so that it says that they were filled with great fear. I'm sure they were afraid. Who wouldn't be? I mean, all of a sudden, the glory of the Lord is appearing I'd be afraid you'd be afraid it's not the angel that is just appearing that might frighten you but it's the, the glory of the Lord showing all around you now just let that sink in it's the Lord Almighty himself his glory that's now spreading all around the shepherds. The angel, just like he had done with Joseph, just like he had done with Mary, recognizes the fear and says to them, fear not. Fear not. He doesn't even say, oh, you despised ones. He says, Fear not. He said, I have good news for you. 
good news of great, what? Joy. That will be for all people. The Lord wanted to give these people great joy. Joy. It's so easy to lose joy. It's so easy to go through life and have it just sucked away from you. In fact, you, you, you probably know this, right? The devil doesn't want you to have any joy. He, he, one of his great strategies is to try and flood us. You, you know what the opposite of joy is? It's fear. And, and so he uses that as an incredible weapon to try to suck and steal our joy away. The Bible describes it. Apostle John said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I mean, that, that would be a pretty sad world if that's all we had going for us. Incredibly, so much of culture, so much of the world stays in that fix right there to where Satan has incredible control and doing a pretty good job of stealing and killing and destroying. Wouldn't it be sad if that's all there was? I tell you something that's really sad is that so many people don't get the next part. Hey, there is a source where you can find joy that this world is not going to give to you. And it's found when Jesus said, I came that they may have life and may have it abundant, abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. That's where the joy For followers of Jesus, we're still subjected to the vices of him that tries his best to steal away our joy. Now, Satan can't steal our soul. Once we give ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, we're always in his family. He can't steal us away from being a part of God's family. But you know what he can do? And we ought to be on guard about? It's still our joy. How's your joy stolen? What is it that's going on that you allow your joy to be stolen? I don't know. Finances, maybe? Health issues? Relationship problems? Relationships with others? Relationship with yourself? Relationship with God? Because you allow sin to enter into your life and it steals away that that closeness that joy so the question that maybe 
to personalize this whole series we've been in, this dilemma. Do you have a dilemma of joy today? Do you have a problem really finding the true source of joy? Whatever the scene or the scenario may be, one of the first things we need to recognize is that we truly do have this enemy who's trying to steal and kill and destroy you and your joy, us and our joy. However, and it's a great thing that there's a however here. Even if you don't always feel like it, there's good news just like was delivered by the angel of the Lord to the shepherds that's delivered to us. We can have great joy inside of us when life leads, tries to tempt us with fear. That's what the angel said. Sunset Hills, I think it's very appropriate that could be said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, not just to the shepherds in the world, but to the whole world, to all these despised, dejected, despicable shepherds, even them. Expand that, though, to all who are broken, to all who have fallen. Even when sin takes over your life, there's good news of great joy that you can be forgiven. To all who are without hope, there's good news of great joy. To all who are prideful and even to the evil, to the selfish, to the malicious, to, 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 to me, to you. The Bible says they gave news of great joy for all people. That's really what Jesus said when he talked about God's love and while God so loved the world and he gave his one and only son. So in those times when Satan is trying his best to figure out ways to step into your life and steal your joys, it's an incredible thought to be able to come back to God so loved me. I dare you to say it to Satan. Boldly proclaim it. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, Satan, you're not going to do this because God loves me. Satan, you're not going to destroy my joy today because God loves me. And He's given me great news of great joy. And here's the Here's the reason we can have that. The angel goes on and says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, and you will find the baby 
and wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, when this was said, and suddenly an angel becomes a multitude of heavenly hosts and they're praising God. Starts with one angel. Then all of a sudden, others start appearing and there's this multitude who've come to these despised, socially inept shepherds with this great announcement. And here's what they had to say. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom He is pleased. The words are not a mistake. They're singing incredible news about the gift that's been given. Peace. Peace. Not the kind of peace that we long for happening in Israel right now in the battle in Hamas. That's not the kind of peace. Not that we wouldn't love for that to happen. Not that we wouldn't love to be able to sing, let there be peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be. I mean, that, that's not the peace that's really being discussed here. It's the peace that brings relationship with God. Peace between me and him. And him. That's what Jesus does. True joy comes from peace with God. I listened last night. I had the privilege of attending the um, Knowlesville Police Department's Christmas party. Don L. back there at the back of the sanctuary was there and um, had a wonderful time. And a uh, chief asked me to come up and pray at the end of the at the end of the party and as I got up and I said well I'm a little hesitant about praying speaking I was hoping I wouldn't be asked to speak because the last time that one of our church members one of the deacons spoke and police our known as a police officer was there um it was uh, Sean Norum, and Sean was speaking at the men's breakfast, and, and Don L. came to the men's breakfast. And um, next morning, Sunday morning, and Sean is coming to church, and he runs a stop sign. And Don L. pulled him over. <laughs> Sean gets out of the car. Officer gets out of the car and they just look at each other and laugh. <laughs> I still think he deserves a ticket. <laughs> so I told the officers last night and those that were attendants, I said, I'm a little bit afraid to speak because the last time that happened, one of your officers gave my deacon a ticket 
or get pulled him over and so I'm afraid to come to church this morning because I might get pulled over by one of the officers and so I told him I was going to stop at every stop sign and go five miles under the speed limit so wouldn't be in risk of that but I listened as Jeremy Squires the pastor of First United Methodist Church gave a, a brief message and, and let me just say this I'm thankful that Knowlesville has a police chief that's not afraid to ask a minister to come and speak to his officers at a Christmas party. And is not afraid to say, share the real message of what Christmas is all about. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for men like Donnell and the other 18 active officers who are doing their best to be like a shepherd to this community and protect us. I listened to Pastor Squires talk about this peace. How we strive to find peace and try every other place except the real place where we can find peace. If you're here today you're trying to find peace that really settles your soul in something that's out there in culture, you're not going to find it. What you find may be something that gives you a little pleasure for a little while, but it's going to fade. The only peace that you can find that carries you through the hard times is the peace and the joy that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people, for us. If you've never been a participant in that, today's a great day to start by giving your life to Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me, please? Thank you, Father, for that announcement that you didn't just say it was a few people that this good news was for. You didn't just say it was for this time and place in history a couple of thousand years ago where angels appeared with shepherds and that was the end of it just to bring some joy to their lives. And Father, this was a message for all people for the rest of history to be able to find that peace and joy through Jesus Christ that he was a gift the best gift that could ever be given to mankind that's available to the whole world but it's available to people like me and people who are like those sitting in this sanctuary or listening by live stream. Peace to all people, 
no matter how broken, no matter how despised, no matter how alone, no matter how sinful, this peace and joy is available to every one of us just by accepting the gift that the angels lit up the sky to tell to the whole world and to those shepherds. So Father, I pray that in the sound of my voice this morning, if there's anyone that doesn't know Jesus as Savior and Lord today, they'll give their heart and life to you find that true peace and joy. Maybe they say, well, I don't really know how to do it, Father. I, I, I stand here, any one of our pastors, really practically anyone who's a believer could share how to do that. But in this time period, Father, in this time of invitation, if they'll just take a first step here, we'll do the rest to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that there's someone here that maybe for whatever reason Satan's been working overtime. Steal people's joy. They'll find renewed hope in you. Seeking you. Being drawn close to you. Find us obedient, Father, in this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. For I spoke Serve it, still you give yourself away. 
Snowball you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Father, when you chose this way for Jesus to enter into the world, it was reckless, yet overwhelming. Love displayed. Father, as we go through this Christmas season, enjoying all the things that it brings to us, I I pray, Father, that We always keep that knowledge of Jesus Christ, that gift to the forefront of why we do what we do at Christmas. May we do it in such a way that it shares that overwhelming, reckless love of God to others so that they too would know about where true joy is found. Help us as a church do that, Father, as a people, as your people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe may be seated, please. Amen. Oh, wow. I can tell you I have been that one. I've been that one sheep that God has chased for a long time. And I'm thankful that he never gave up on me. I hope you can agree with that. Maybe for your own life. I want to say something too, uh, Pastor Steve, just take a liberty here. Um, Donnell back here in the back, uh, man, I've had the opportunity to have lunch with him and uh, get to know him as a person. And this, a couple of weeks ago, he came on a Wednesday night, on his night off, by the way, and just shared his testimony with our students and um, shared about some choices he made when he was younger, but uh, a beautiful story of restoration how God has just uh, brought him to a place now where he feels called to uh, this profession of protection. And and, um, and I, I believe God has some, some more things in store for Donnell um, as he uh, feels called to ministry, and he's kind of seeking that out. I hope it was okay that I shared that, Donnell. But, uh, man, I just think that we have the best uh, in the force here uh, with us, and uh, so I'm, I'm just appreciative for him. 
Donnell and Lieutenant Stephen Hale, uh, they rotate between every other Sunday uh, helping keep us safe and just having that police presence here, which is a great sense of comfort to all of us. So we're grateful for them. Lieutenant Hale is going to be gone for about three months. And, and he told me the other day, he said, when I get back, uh, I've already told the officers that will be taking my place during that time that uh, they got to move out because I'm coming back. That they absolutely love being at Sunset Hill. Is that true, Donnell? Um, you, you've already been participating in the Christmas post office. We encourage you to uh, continue doing that um, and, and check that. Uh, there's lots of mail that's there that hasn't been picked up, so we encourage you to pick that up. And then um, if you're like me, um, you love the new year because it gives me an opportunity to kind of wipe my, my slate clean and look for new opportunities and just kind of um, look for ways to be better. And we have some opportunities here. Our kids ministry is uh, looking for help also our first impressions ministry and uh, for the first time in several years uh, we're looking for some additional volunteers as well for student ministry so uh, if that's something god has laid on your heart uh, let's let's go have lunch and have a conversation about that i do want to share with you too um, our women's winter bible study is going to be starting soon breathe making room for the sabbath by Priscilla Schreier, and uh, the ladies have just done a great job of making that accessible for you. There's several opportunities. There's Tuesday at 7, Wednesday at 1, and then Wednesday at 6. And you just pick one of those options that may be a good one for you. Um, they have different teachers, and uh, but it's all the same study. And uh, you can pick up your book um, or let Lynn know that you need to have one ordered. They're $13, and that's your only commitment other than your time and your attendance to be a part of that study. So we encourage you to come in and um, jump in on that. And also, next week is Christmas Eve. We, in our neighborhood, we've got a house, and we've got several little kids, and they've been putting up a sign and started out with, like, 25 days till Christmas, 24 days till Christmas. Actually, they say 24 sleeps till Christmas. And, and it's like that thing has been ticking down, and it's like, Oh my, it's getting close. It's getting close. And in fact, it's what, eight after today? Is that right? Or so, seven? And so next Sunday is Christmas Eve. We will be doing our No Will Life groups next Sunday, but we'll be doing um, worship service at 10 o'clock. And then we encourage you to come back at five o'clock for a Christmas candlelight communion service to, to happen at five o'clock. And then. We'll be back here on New Year's Eve as well for worship then. May I also say, I, I don't think I've ever preached, maybe once, on, on money, okay? So this is not a sermonette on money. It's just a reminder that if you uh, need to catch up or you need to give before the end of the year to the, your tithes and offerings, and I encourage you to do that, you, you don't have much time left, okay? So we, we would love for you to get your, uh, if you do that for taxes, then we would love for you to get your offering in this today or this week. By all means, by, uh, by December 31st, so it counts on this, this 2023 year, okay? And that's not, I wish I, we should have ended on something. I, mean, I should have done that on the front end. It's like, uh, it's okay, all right? Give. Give a lot. How's that? Let's go home. Have a good week, everybody.
Hi, good morning. This is Kelly. I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what? We would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. Let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.